1: Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think expands the conversation about meaningful and productive work, and I often draw from my own meaning and work research, speaking, coaching, and consulting I've done over my career, including the work I do today at Insignia, which is a global management consulting firm. I'll get to the program in just a moment, but first, a thank you to my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They are the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control of their search so they can find work close to home. Thank you, Jobbing.com. Last week, if you missed the show, we were on the air with Ms. Christy Wainwright, was a beloved biology teacher at Bishop Lynch High School here in Dallas. I invited her to the show because I wanted her to share her experience of accidentally getting into the teaching profession and loving it, how she inspires her students to learn and apply biology across their lives, and her perspective on what makes her work meaningful. Hint, it's probably not what you think. By the way, if you want to re- receive alerts in the advance of my live radio show conversations to know what's coming, you can join my mailing list by visiting my website at elisecortez.com, navigating to the blog tab, and then under my photo, enter your name and email address. So, oh, as for this week, with me here, looking eyeball to eyeball, are two executives from Drivers Select here in Dallas. With me as Ramon Mayo and Austin Kremers. We're gathered here in their offices and where they have one, um, their first office here in Dallas. We'll be talking about the culture they are crafting to enact a virtuous cycle in their business, their specific core tribe values, and how this intentional culture translates to customer care and satisfaction in overall business results. Hey, guys. Welcome to in on Purpose. Hey, Hello. Glad to be here. Is this fun? I don't care what you guys say. We're having fun. <laughs> um, so, I've I got to say where I picked these guys up, um, I went to a breakfast here in Dallas called um, Conscious Capitalism, and I didn't actually know who was presenting, and who, lo and behold were these guys from Driver Select, and I was so enrolled in what you guys were talking about. I thought it was so exciting. It's so overlaps in the world that I work in around management consulting, working with organizations to be able to address their, their culture, to bring their people alive the way that you are, fo- hyper-focused on your, your customers, and I was like, you guys are totally working on purpose. So for that, Austin, if you remember, I corralled you at the end and said, yeah. you've got to be on my show. So here you are. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, uh, since our listeners probably don't know much about Driver Select just yet, um, before we get into the culture conversation, will one of you say a bit about what is Driver Select?
2: What do you do, and how do you get started? Sure. So, <clears throat> and you are. This is Austin speaking. Go ahead, Austin. Yes. Uh, my name is Austin Kramers. And uh, uh, so, Driver Select is a car dealership. Um, we specialize in a bit of a niche market, we uh, sell pre owned cars. Um, but very gently used pre-owned cars, only one to three years old, low mileage, still have still have all of their original warranties. Um, we uh, we are the new car alternative. Um, if you want uh, a lot of the perks of a new car but you want to save a lot of money, you can come see us and uh, hopefully we can help you out. Um, so Driver Select has been around for for a while, about twelve years now, I think. Um, but this uh, version of Driver Select is actually fairly new. It had a very different model. Um, I uh, went after a different customer base. The business model is very different. Um, our owner and founder, Steve Hole, uh, and our chief operating officer, Jeff Axton, uh, switched things up about two and a half years ago. I uh, decided to go in a different direction um, and uh, decided to really put the focus uh, on people, on care, um, and building a great culture. And uh, had this belief that if you build a really, really great culture and you get really great people in, uh, profits will follow, and, and customers will come, and they'll be, they'll be happy that they're here. And uh, uh, it's been pretty successful so far, and here we
1: are. Fantastic. And, you know, one of the things you and I talked about, Austin, was that, you know, when you were talking about the importance of culture, and I know certainly in the work that I do in, in management consulting that what we say is that culture eats strategy for breakfast. It's just so important. It's just so huge. So what I might be interested in, now, what you just said and what you what you said in your introduction there is something changed two and a half years ago to change
2: your direction, what was it? It was uh, Steve Hall, our owner and founder. I mean, it was him. It all came from him. Um, I wasn't here at the time. Uh, I think it actually predates Ramon by a little bit as well. Uh, but uh, Steve wanted to do something different, and he, he wanted to make a, a difference in the community. He wanted to make a difference in the lives of people. Um, and I think you can kind of sum it up by saying that... Um, we started this culture, of, or he started this culture of care. And uh, we said that we're going to care about not only our shareholders, we're going to care about stakeholders, uh, anyone who owns a stake in this company. So that includes investors uh, and people who have a financial interest, but it also includes uh, your employees. Um, it includes your key vendors because they have a stake in us doing well, so we can keep ordering parts from them and uh the uh the families of your employees, their stakeholders in this. They have a vested interest in this company. Um and when we started really caring about them um and focusing on that, things uh things changed and, and things have gone very well for us so far.
1: We're gonna talk a lot more about that culture itself and what, what specifics that are involved in it, but I do want to I want to step back for just a second in that and I want to showcase the fact that Neither of you, and I think if I remember correctly, none of your real core management team are from the car business, right? That is is correct. Okay. So, Ramon, do you maybe start by telling us just tell us a little bit about your background and how it is that you opted into this opportunity
2: to be at Driver Select? Well, of of the uh, leadership team here at Driver Select, I probably am the only one who does have somewhat of a car background. Um, However, my background is military, uh, law enforcement. Um, And then I just found my way into uh, automotive parts management and just people management, behavior management, Um, and and, uh, Driver Select found me. And uh, the interesting thing about that was um, what attracted me to Driver Select was the core values of the company. It wasn't about uh, selling a car. Um, It wasn't about making a profit selling a car. It was about doing the right thing for the the customer as well as putting Presenting the right environment for the employees to just be themselves and then do do their best work every day. Um, and so, you know, we we live by four core values, um, of which we hold very dear. Um, uh, in, in you see them on the wall around you. <laughs> yeah. <Learn laughs> ah, okay.
1: Okay. I do see it on there. That's but
2: awesome. Very small success. Be transparent and take ownership, and those things uh, really hit home for us uh, daily. Um, and and Steve Hall. Uh, truly believes, as well as we do, that if you live those four core values, that you will present uh, successfully uh, in in a day-to-day interaction throughout the business, as well as present a good uh, customer experience um, day-to-day. So um, that's how I ended up here, um, and, and kind of those are the tenets that I live by personally. So I fit in, and, and that's how I found myself here.
1: I just have to comment on that really quick before I ask Austin to introduce himself, too, is I know from the, the meeting of work research that I have done that this, there's this notion of when people, something resonates with someone, it just fits with them, So there's an ease to it, right? right. Um, you can yeah. also think about sometimes that something could actually inform you, so it gives you something, or sometimes right. you express something onto the environment. In this case, what I've heard you say is there's a residency, a fit. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. that's so cool. It's just so it just
2: that, that makes it easier to to operate and to perform when you're in an environment like that. It's, it's, it's extremely comfortable yes. uh, coming in to work. It's not work; it's actually fun. At any given moment, you might see us cutting up, playing dodgeball, or just happening <laughs> to be here. We collide. Um, we call ourselves a tribe because a tribe um, essentially is closer than a family, um, and we we make sure yes. that. Um, everyone is well-invested in what we're doing and that they're well-informed and, and that we provide the care um, and uh, um, that, 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 that just the attention to ensure that everyone is able to do their great work here every day, and it, and it, it truly matters, and, it, and it's proof positive in everything that we do, how we set the, enviro- the day-to-day environment up at Driver Select, so um, it, it, is, it is every bit about a fit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I totally
1: get that. That's what I tell my students in the university all the time. Go for the fit, go for the culture fit, go for the leadership fit. You were a living, breathing example. Thank you, Ramon. Austin,
2: your background. How'd you get here? Uh, <clears throat> I got here through a series of non cultural fits. <laughs> um, so uh, so I'm, I'm a CPA, and I had sort of a traditional CPA career path. I found my way to Dallas. Uh, to work at a very large financial firm, um, it wasn't a real cultural fit. It wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. It wasn't the environment I wanted to be in. Uh, but I am from Texas, so then I had to leave and go do my uh, my stint in the oil business. Uh, moved home from there, found myself at a big international law firm uh, where I thought I would have everything I could ever want. Um, I had a a large, uh, impressive office in, in a big building downtown, and I was leading a very large team uh, that spans five countries and 20 or so different different offices, uh, and uh, didn't find one out of happiness there, didn't like what I was doing, um, and I finally decided that uh, it, it was time for a change and maybe I'm chasing the wrong carrot here, and uh, started looking around for what, what else was out there, and Driver's Select kind of found me. It was, it was uh, very fortuitous because Driver's Web was looking for Uh, another member of the leadership team about that time. Um, And uh, when I came and met uh, Ramon for the first time uh, and Steve and Jeff, and uh, I walked out of here just thinking, man, that's it. That's where I want to be. And and the only hesitation I had at all was, do they really mean what they say? Because what they say, if they can really walk this talk, this this is something special. And um, I just never believed in this idea that, Lots of people have been taught. I was pounded into my head during graduate school that as a business person, you owe nothing to anyone other than the shareholders and you maximize profits and everything else. It, it just doesn't matter. And uh, even that, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I keep kept thinking that there is a different way to do this. If there's a way to to add value to your community. There's a way to take care of the people around you, uh, take care of your tribe, and... and um, I think that sounded good to what? Sounds good to me,
1: and it sounds to me like it was a perfect reason for you to be speaking at Conscious Capitalism, too, then. Absolutely. That's <laughs> just awesome. Um, well, I want to talk about this culture that you're creating here. So uh, when I met you, you got listeners, you've got to get, we're sitting in this pancake house on a Friday morning at 7.30 in the morning, and these guys are on fire talking about their culture. Everybody else in the room is on fire listening to it as well. So, would you, one of you, each time and every, want to do is tell us about the culture you're you're creating? What is it specifically that you're trying to create, and why is it so important to you and the business?
2: Well, uh, from my perspective, That's Ramon um, speaking. You know what what we do is we come in every day and allow everyone to be themselves. Uh, we truly believe that everyone has the ability to create. Um, use their uh their willingness to 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 help grow the business uh, be a part of the business and then walk away with some satisfaction uh, um and and be totally tied into um uh what what it is we're doing it matters does it have a purpose and uh and and so we we celebrate that um you know like like uh our our core values and learn to earn. Um, We we truly believe that everything that you experience, uh, you have the opportunity to learn from that, whether that's a positive experience or a negative experience. But what what are you going to do with what you just got? Um, And then um, how are you going to roll that forward into the next thing that you do? Did you learn from that? And then we have um, celebrate small successes. We don't wait for the big celebration at the end where everything is, you let the build-up just be this grand Standing we, we we talk about the wins along the way, um, and then we also celebrate the opportunities of that we failed that we made a mistake we 're honest about that we 're very transparent about hey, we had an opportunity and and we missed it and and, and we like to hold ourselves accountable um, we ask our customers to hold us accountable we ask our our tribe members to hold us accountable, um, and then we celebrate the, the the growth in that, and then we have being transparent. Um, be honest about what you can and cannot do. If you can't do it, um, be, be honest about that. Just don't put it out there. Don't be deceitful. Um, ask for help. Ask for learning. Yeah, just ask for it. And, and, and if you ask, you'll get it. Um, and, and, and we do everything with, with uh, uh, good intention. Um, and, and we make uh, we make efforts to, to be specific about the things that we're going to say no to so that we can say yes to the right things. Um and, and that that hope is that we will create a better experience for the customers as well as the tribe members and in and, and ourselves. And then we have to take ownership. Um and, and I like I liken that too is don't walk past a piece of paper on the ground, pick it up, own it. Uh, make sure that the environment is good, make sure that the culture is good, make sure that you make the right investment in people, um and make sure that people know that they're appreciated and that you're grateful for their existence in your culture. And, um, and, and those are the things that really, really matter. And so what we do is we make efforts every day to make investments in, a, in our core values because they truly do mean something, and not just to us internally, but externally for our customers as well. And so, you know, that's really, I think, the biggest investment that we make from my perspective. I, I, think, I think Ramon really hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> the four, four core values are so important to us, but... I think the, the reason they're so vital or they're unique is because every company I've worked for, interviewed with, or, or did a case study on in school, they all had core values. They all had a mission statement, a vision statement. You have to have these things on your business plan when you go apply for your business loan, and that's where they stay, and for most people, their words on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the only place that I have been whether or not. They are ingrained into our DNA. Um, if you were a fly on the wall, just stood here in the dealership and let everybody move past you, you would hear them talked about 10, 15, 20 times a day if you hear somebody talked about it in passing. It's brought up constantly, and we try to live that. And when you take it figures like that and really appreciate what they are, um, well, what you find, and, and I think a lot of people find this actually somewhat surprising, is that it, it's not... Uh, it's not an either-or decision when you're thinking, well, culture or profits, uh, culture or, or actual financial business success. Uh, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. If you really start to believe in this culture and embrace it to what it is and what it can be, and, and, and you try to ingrain that into what you're doing and into how you do things, um, it starts attracting more business. Customers appreciate it. Vendors appreciate doing business with us. Um, uh, banks love doing business with us more. They start to offer us better programs. Um, but it, it's it really is uh, where uh, one hand kind of washes the other. That, that the more you have one, if you really believe in it, the other one starts to come along too. And as you start to have more business success, you have the freedom and the opportunity to invest more into this culture of care and into your tribe and into your community. You know, uh, Steve Paul. Um, when I first came on board uh, three years ago, uh, it, it, it was he said, "It's not about the car." Experience. It's not about selling cars; it's about the care experience. and, and, and for us, care is uh, caring acts randomly expressed. We have it written on the wall. We put everything up there and out there uh, for everyone to hold us accountable and for us to hold ourselves accountable uh, to make sure that what we're doing is we're extending that care experience, and, and our goal is that you have a great experience buying a car, and, and, and as crazy as that sounds... Um, it really does work, um, because we're not trying to just tell you a car. We're trying to give you a really good experience that when you purchase a car, you walk away satisfied, fulfilled, feel uh, more knowledgeable than when you walk in, because we're not trying to hide anything. Uh, we're, being, we're being totally transparent about what, you, what it is you're getting, what you're going to go through, and why. And, and so, it's every, every bit about that care.
1: Great, Ramon. Um, perfect way to take us into our first break. Here we are. I'm, I'm Elise Cortez, your host. we been on the air with Austin Kramers and Ramon Mayo of uh, Drivers Select. We're here in their office in Dallas sitting eyeball to eyeball for this conversation. We've been talking a bit about how the business started and what they care about and a bit about what that culture really means for them. After the break, we're going to talk about how this shows up in what they call their tribe culture values, how they actually do their work. Stay with us.
0: To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. The White House doctor makes house calls. It's your world. Motivate.
1: Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, I have two guests here with me from Driver Select. With me are Ramon Mayo and Austin Kramers. Together, they are powering, along with the rest of their executive team, what I might call an effort to create a culture-derived from their core values that engages the hearts and minds of their tribe of employees, delivers extreme care to their carbine customers, and delivers impressive business performance. I'm your host, Alicia Cortez. Before the break, we were talking a bit about how it was that they got started in their business and a little bit about the culture and what it was like. For this next segment, I want to talk about how that translates into the actual behavior of the tribe. But before I do that, guys, I want to go back to a couple of things that you were saying about the culture just to kind of present it a bit more for our, li- our listeners well, one of the things you said is that something about, you know, it was okay for, for your tribe to fail. Yes. Okay. So, one of the things that's been really, really present in my mentality as a management consultant these days is there's a book out called Black Box Thinking. Have you seen
2: it? I actually have not.
1: Okay. It's an awesome book. What's great about it is it's all about this notion of embracing failure and learning from it. So, the faster that we can learn from our failures, the more that we can innovate and actually create something different. Sure. So, the fact that that's part of your culture, I just heard that immediately and went, oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Um, the second thing I wanted to ask you is that you said that be transparent is one of your other core values, and when I... And I heard you say that means saying what you can do and what you can't do. When I also think of transparency as authenticity, being real, <coughs> being being accessible. Is that part of your
2: culture here, too, what you're trying Absolutely. to Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You know... Um, We highly encourage um, our tribe to to be themselves. Um, You know, one of the things that Steve Paul uh, truly believes in is if if you come to work, if you if you are your true self, um, you will then come and do your true work. You you will get your absolute value in the things that you do, and I and I absolutely believe that as well, um, because you're more comfortable. Um, I've never worked in an environment where, you know, one of the things you heard me say at the Pancake House is how much I love rules. I yes, come I, from a, that. I come from a very structured environment. My mom was very, um, uh, very, very, uh, very much like the military, very much like the police department. She loved, she loved giving us rules and we loved following. And so I've always thrived very well in those type of environments. However, uh um, here at Driver Select, it's not that we don't have rules, um, We we have a bunch of people who are um, um, allowed to be themselves and then come contribute. And what what you realize is when you are uh, comfortable in your uh, work environment and you're able to do the things the way you're able to do them, you will actually do more. And the value of your work is actually increased. uh, Your input, your output, and, and, and your contributions are far more. Um, when you don't have a bunch of micromanaging type of, you know, do this, do this, or else type, type, of, uh, type of environment, we don't have that here. Um, we, we clearly communicate uh, with absolute clarity what's expected, what's needed, um, and then our people execute because they believe in it, they trust in the core values, and, and, and they're having fun. Uh we have more fun um at this place than <laughs> ever. Seen. In fact when Austin came on board with us, I didn't think he would just fit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, was, a joker. he came in with a shirt and tie and his tie was all the way up on his neck and I was like this guy's not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me contrast
1: what I'm looking at here.
2: They're wearing very bright orange T shirts that have their
1: values emblazoned on top of them. So Austin says learn learn to earn and Ramon says, celebrate small successes. So there's no shirt and tie sitting in this room.
2: No, okay, got it. <laughs> <here>. got it. Got <laughs> so, it. And And that's what, that is. And, you know, being transparent, um, being able to come to work and just be yourself, uh, being honest about what you can and cannot do, and, and like I said, not being afraid to fail. You will bump your head. You will scrape your knuckles. But did you learn from that? Mm-hmm. And, and did you need help? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the biggest mistake that personally I made when I came to the company is I accepted everything. I said, yes, I can do it. Yes, I will do it. Yes, I want to do it. But I wasn't being transparent, so I wasn't being successful, so I struggled. Um, and it wasn't until I realized that it's, um, it's not a race, it's a marathon, um, and what my true purpose was and am I truly comfortable that I start seeing success because as the leader of, of my department, I, I was choosing to sell by not being vulnerable and being transparent. And so it was when I found myself relaxing and embracing our core values that I started seeing success, and then my team started being successful. And and, and now they're able to manage me quite well. <laughs> I, I think Ramon really... are you it. manageable? I'm just wondering, Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> not sure. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I think Ramon hit on something there that... I think transparency is probably the most important core value we have, but I also think it's the most difficult to live um, because it is so contrary to the way a lot of us were raised, a lot of us were taught. Take ownership comes very naturally to a lot of people because you're told the time to you're a small child, you're responsible for whatever chores and you're responsible for your schoolwork and you have to be responsible for yourself as you grow up and you're taught to kind of own things and do well and if you want to succeed, then when the boss says something, say, yes, sir, and go do it. Um it's a lot harder to say, uh, you know, no, I can't do that, or, yeah, I probably could, but you know what? I really don't want to. I, I could probably do that all right, but I'm never going to be great X. It's not really my passion. Uh, that takes an element of courage uh, to speak up and say that, and it takes a very special environment where um, the person you're speaking to isn't going to immediately look down upon you for saying, yeah, how dare you say you can't go do that. No, oh, they appreciate the feedback. Okay, you don't really want to be doing that. All right, let's think about something else you can do, or something else that you really want to be doing. Um, if you don't think you can do that, well, tell me why can't you do that? Maybe it's a training issue. All right, let's get you trained up. Let's go. Let's go teach you this. Um, that I think is the most the most difficult one to to live because it was so just uh, contrary to to my nature of wanting to, like Ramon said too just wanting to take more on and, and just say yes and almost keep taking a bigger and bigger bite out until uh, you realize that you've bitten up more than you can chew. Um, but I think when you learn to relax, be yourself, and that you learn that it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's okay to fail once in a while um, so long as you learn from it. Um, and around here, that's usually the first thing. Um, if somebody says, I messed something up, somebody uh, we call it usually declaring a breakdown, to declare a breakdown. Um, Usually, the very first thing out of uh, one of our mouths, certainly out of Steve's mouth, is, well, what's the learning? Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you learn from this, and how do we make sure we don't repeat it? Um, But when you have that open line of communication, that level of comfort, uh, you start seeing it much more prevalent. You start seeing those those behaviors become much more prevalent uh, in your people, in your tribe, because people feel comfortable with it. Um, and they, they know that it's, it, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to admit when you're lost or when you don't know how to do something. It's okay to admit a failure so long as you're learning from it and you're not repeating those mistakes. Um, and, and, and that when you have that level of comfort, you start to drive these behaviors, and we reinforce it through one of our other values here, celebrating the small successes. We don't wait till the end of the year to tell you, oh, by the way, you did a great job on that project back in February. When you did a great job, we're going to tell you about it right then. Firstly, when you make a mistake, you're going to hear about it right then. <laughs> it will be dealt with. Uh, but when when you, imp- you you can make minor course adjustments in your culture by celebrating these small successes along the way and drive home and reinforce these behaviors, um, and it makes for a much more uh, happy and productive tribe. Couple things I
1: want to weigh into. Love what you're talking about. It's just. Yes. The word is yummy, and I'm not just saying that because we're getting close to dinner, but it's <laughs> yummy. So what I'll tell you, gents, is that in the work that I do working with the medium-sized and large companies, we do a lot of transformation kind of work, breakthrough work, and we also use that terminology of breakdown. I don't know where that came from for you, but anyway, um, you know, so we end up working on these very large projects that where they're trying to achieve some very large business initiative critical outcome. Well, in order to do that, it, it requires everybody to be completely engaged, and it requires people to be able to have those courageous conversations. And So part of what I've seen in the work that I do in those projects where we're doing one-on-one coaching is a lot of it is helping to embolden a professional or an executive sure, to absolutely. be able to say, look, you've got to be able to presence what you just said to me somewhere in the organization where it can actually matter, where it can actually be on the court playing the actual game and move the ball down the court." And so what I'm saying is that the fact that this is part of your culture to be able to encourage people to speak up and say what they can or cannot do, you're doing that now on this level, this fundamental foundational level in your organization and your growth is fantastic. And if you can find a way to keep that alive and
2: really strong, it's going to serve you so well.
1: well you know,
2: one of the things that we do um, is we, we are, uh, are aligned with uh, staging Leadership Academy. Yeah. One, one of the things that we really do is we, uh, we, we work on empowering our, our tribe um, so that they, everyone are, can be creative um, and innovative, and, and, and we can continue to grow the organization from within. Um, and we work very, very hard in speaking a common language. Um, you know, if, if, if we are out of line or out of sync in terms of the things that we do, um, speaking a common language helps us accomplish more. And so um, we, we uh, as leaders of the organization, uh, have gone through uh, a year, um, two years' worth of, of staying in leadership um, and, and learning the principles um, to improve our communication, improve our accountability, self-awareness, and things like that. And then and, and we continue to roll that forward to the rest of the tribe so that we're all speaking a common language. Because what is a tribe who has different languages and different dialects? It's, it's, it's not it's, a tribe. It's not a tribe. It's just a land it's a of, of people. Of, of right. yeah. so, so we work really, really hard um, to to, to uh, uh, teach the, the values of Sagan as well as our core values so that we're all speaking a common language and we're all moving in the same direction. And, and, and it's a conscious uh, effort. To, because we know that if we invest in in our tribe members um, at every level, then we're going to all go to the next level together. Together we grow, and that's one of our uh, our models here is together we grow uh, and we, and we go in sync. So um, that's what's made us successful. I, I believe so. Sounds good to me. Austin, were you going to chime in with something? I was actually. He beat me too, but I, I think that's been a huge. Key. I think that is the key to the success. Um, there are a lot. There are lots and lots of companies uh, out there who have good ideas. Lots of people out there who are who have very smart employees, um, but a lot of them don't make it, or a lot of them don't reach uh, the level of success that they expect for themselves, or maybe that the market saw as their potential. And you ask why? Um, I, 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 to me, I, there's no question in my mind about it. That's, that's what it is. I mean, you've, you've had the uh, line earlier, the, the quotes from Southwest Airlines, that uh, my culture will eat your strategies for breakfast every day of the week. Um, and I, I think it's true. I think when you have a happy, engaged uh, employee base, um, you get better results.
1: Well, I completely agree with that. And the other piece that I was thinking about as both of you were talking is that, you know, for you to get people who fit here, who fit your culture, your, your values mean that you have your recruiting right. Somebody
2: Absolutely.
1: Must be Absolutely. So, can you say just a little bit um, about how do you ensure that you've got somebody who fits your culture? How do
2: you assess that or ascertain that? So, it's uh, we have a few tools that we use. A few, uh, some of them are written assessments and uh, uh, trying to do some sort of a cultural evaluations of people. Um, but that's just a tool to use to kind of shed some light on it. Um, but I think the art of recru- I think interviewing and recruiting is, is much more of an art than a science. Um, and it's, it's about asking the right questions uh, and trying to elicit feedback from people and really get at what, what they want. Um, so often I have found in interviews, uh, and I've certainly been guilty of it myself as well when I was being interviewed at times, of uh, just giving the answer I thought they wanted to hear. Someone's right. giving you the answer they think you want to hear. Right. Um, and it's not it's not easy to do to try to get through that and say well you know, but do you really believe that? do you really think I tell me why tell me why you think yeah,
1: that yeah yeah there you go
2: um, and it's 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 certainly a struggle and a challenge because I think that might be the, the biggest challenge that we have here is trying to find because it is such a unique culture um, I've not seen anybody else like us really uh, so it is I was so going to say you were weird. <laughs> well, we, we're quirky, we're, 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 we're all of that. But you know, one of the other things that Sorry we on. do, and I think that we do really well, we don't have a tremendous amount of turnover. Uh, we uh, that's awesome. That very, very, very low. Nice. Very little. Very little turnover, um, and we do a lot of internal mining um, within our tribe, uh, like-minded people, um, and in like behavioral people. Um, you got to be willing to accept feedback and get feedback. That's transparency, and you got to have a, a, a sense of uh, value and ownership. Um, and we work really, really hard to ensure that we have people who align to those. Um, and, and the core values that we we uh, live by daily, they're, they're simple. They're not they're not very complex things and, and and written out in big twelve paragraph description. They're real simple. Um, I was raised, my mother raised me on these. And so for me to align simply to it, it was very, very easy. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, when, we're, when we're engaging people um, about coming to work for Driver Select, uh, one, we look internally first. Who do you know? Who do you know? Who do you trust with this culture? Because this is special. Pressure. Because most people um, won't leave us because they're happy. And so who do you want next to you? Who, who do you trust to do good work so you can then go forward and do great work? And and who do you want to pass the baton to? And so we do we do a lot of internal mining as well as, uh, we like he said, uh, Austin said, we, we have some tools that we use, but we're really looking for everyone to align to those four core values. And if you are that type of person and you absolutely like to have fun and not have your necktie straight up to your Adam's apple, <laughs> you can be successful at Driver Select? Do you like playing dodgeball? Do you like uh, just being happy at work? And, you know, one of the things that I think of most um, is when I came to work here, you know, you take work home. Mm-hmm. You cannot just not take work home. And 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 I, for, for the most part, everyone that I've seen coming to this company after I have always get here two weeks later, three weeks later, they, they come back and say, well, my wife says I'm happy. Or Man, my says right. I'm happy. It is and, and, and that there is the the, 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 the work life balance because now you're happier and, and you're doing good work at work and now you're doing good work at home. You're able Absolutely. to listen, you're able to have fun. And you actually realize you have a family too. Because you're not killing yourself at work worried about everything that you have to do and then you're able to go your home job. home you keep right. your job. Right, right. You just
1: come here be yourself, have fun. That's Amazing. And I do want you to know, gentlemen, that I did dress more casually for you. <laughs> for so, I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with two gents from Driver Select. We have Austin Kramers and Ramon Mayo. We've been talking a bit about the culture they've intentionally created that drives their tribe values and inculcates their tribe values into their business. After the break, we're going to talk about how that culture translates to how they care for and serve their, their actual customers. Stay with us. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to one 346 9141 Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to Elise. A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, I have two guests here with you from Drivers Select. I have Ramon Mayo and Austin Kramers. We are talking about their efforts to power what I call a a very mighty culture that's derived from their core values that engages the hearts and minds of their tribe of employees, delivers extreme care to their car-buying customers, and delivers impressive business performance. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, gents, before the break, we were talking about that actual, the the tribe culture values that work around your culture, that are inculcated and part of your your culture. There's one question I didn't get in that I really want to ask you, and that is, what about creativity and innovative thinking? So, how does that show up in this culture? How do you
2: address that drive behavior towards those things? Well, it's certainly, it's certainly important. Um, innovation is, is, is key because the challenges of tomorrow uh, will not be the challenges of today. Um, so, you're constantly trying to innovate constantly trying to find a, a new way to do things or a better way to do things. Um, I've referred to it before as, as our relentless drive for efficiency. Um, but how do you drive that? How does it manifest itself within the within the tribes? A couple of different ways. Uh, one, I would say, is that we try to, and, and I know Steve's big on this. He gets a big kick out of this when he sees an opportunity for someone to bring their their personal passion into something. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a young woman working for us. Um, <clears throat> her job is rather technical in nature, but uh, she's pretty creative. She likes to to. Uh, Drawing, and creating, and decorating, and, and she kind of helps uh, put together some of our monthly kickoff meetings and come up with a new theme every month, and the whole place gets decorated in that theme. And and I, to her, it's not work at all. She loves it. She loves to go out there and do it, and, and it feeds that passion for her. Um, and we have other examples like that. I think another way, though, is just... Um, probably less creativity, more innovation, the innovative side. But trying to just think outside the box, uh, that's kind of a cliche term. But I think the way we do it, the way it kind of manifests itself is we ask ourselves lots of times, or we say we we have a problem, but we're looking for a solution for it. Very often, most of the time, this is not a what problem, it is a who problem. You say, well, what we mean by that is very few times in your life will you face a problem that nobody else has faced before or solved. Somebody else has dealt with this before. Somebody else has solved this before. Let's just go find out who. Let's go find out who did this and how they did it, and then see how we can adapt that for ours. And that comes up all the time. I mean, not the least of which is that we have a a relatively tiny (laughs) car lot here in Dallas, uh, and we are selling a very high volume of cars monthly. And so, well, where do you keep your inventory? We have a tiny little lot. How can we keep the inventory here? Um, That presents presents a real challenge for us, but we at one point found a mall, shopping mall, that uh, was uh, not being used some uh, demolition plans for it, and so, well, for a period of time, they're not using their parking garage, uh, and we were. Uh, it wasn't long before Ramona and I were over there taking a tour through the garage, and we signed a lease on it shortly after that, and we were able to store cars there for a little while, um, until we found, started trying to find a more permanent solution, but it was... it. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just trying to think of, okay, well, what is the problem here? Did anybody else solve this problem before? Well, somebody else has solved the problem of parking a lot of cars and protecting them from hail. Who did that? Well, somebody in the parking garage probably. All right, let's go find a parking garage somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it shows up in, in lots of different ways. So I think it's absolutely vital because what, what got us here will not get us there. And if we want to keep growing, which we absolutely do, um, and we have... Certainly, our ideas and our plans, of what our growth is going to be, and what it's going to look like, and when it's going to take place—hopefully sooner than later—but we also have this this uh, idea within ourselves, though, that, that we will not grow the business faster than we grow the culture, um, because we're and not really, going, we're not going to sacrifice who we are for what we might be able to become. We need to be true to who we are, true to what we do, because that that's what's really important, and if, and we just really believe. That if we just keep to that and keep doing it, uh, the success will come, profits will come, sales will come, all of that stuff will happen um, if we just keep having great people, smart people, hardworking people who are really engaged and passionate about what they're doing, passionate about the company, passionate about the tribe, and about an opportunity to, um, to not just serve a company, but to, uh, to, to, to serve your community. We say, uh, you know, this is something we, we got from the Conscious Capitalism events we've attended, but that uh, we're looking for the, the win-win-win scenario. Uh, people always talk about a win-win, but there's a third win out there, and the third one can be the environment, or it can be your community, or it can be uh, your, your your family, but there's there's a third win out there, and there is a way to do that. You just have to look. You just have to look for it. You have to look for it, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, uh, if I can lean in on that question... One one way we we uh, try to create the environment to uh, encourage creativity and innovation is we eliminate fear, um, and and through our core values, and I know I keep saying it because I truly believe it. I believe it. Um, I drink the orange Kool-Aid, if you will, <laughs> is, is that it is okay to fail, and if you eliminate the fear of failure and you encourage everyone to contribute, um, then you encourage people to be more creative and innovative. And we also, through our efforts of recruiting and internal mining and setting the stage for success, uh, we hire next-level people. We hire people who are capable of taking us to the next level, who aren't afraid to lend their ideas and do different things. Um, You know, we, like Austin said, we didn't recreate the will. We just We just put a different chassis on it. We roll on it differently. (laughs) Um, You know, and and, and that's what we do is we look for next-level contributors, um, and then we, we create the environment by empowering them and giving them the skills, knowledge, and ability, and the willingness to contribute and the courage to do so. And, you know, if you see Steve Hall, Steve Hall, You'll see him, and he'll have cow print shoes on and an orange T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And he looks just like everyone else except for the cow print shoes. <laughs> uh, 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 and, and, and Much of the India Chick-fil-A. You will, sure. Yes, you will see, you will see that the entry-level tribe member communicating with Steve one-on-one, all day long, giving his ideas to Steve or her ideas to Steve and Steve acting on them because everyone is valuable. And everyone has that responsibility to take this company to the next level. And the cool thing about it is we do have a leader of this company that is willing to listen. And I think that encourages creativity and innovation because you're not afraid. And you can tell Steve, I don't agree with you. I think you're wrong. Let's try this. And he'll, he'll be like, okay, okay, and, and we'll do it, and then we'll find success in it. Now, sometimes we don't, but it's okay because, like I said, we don't have a fear of things. We learn from that. We create, we bottle up the experience, and we grow forward with it. So, it's brilliant.
1: Well, getting into how all of this culture now translates to how you do your business. How do you actually serve and care for your customers? So, to start this conversation, what I know because of the work that I do in management consulting is that how we mentally frame things is so important. How we allow something to occur for us is really, really important. So you talk about not being in the car business, but rather being in the care business. And that, it seems to me, that constitutes how it is that you behave yourself and how you see things. Can
2: you say a little bit about, you know, how does that show up for you guys? You're in the care business, not the car business. It shows up in everything we do. I mean, we've built, have built, and continue to build and grow a culture of care. And that we we will care for one another. We will care for uh, our community, we do, we do work, uh, great work with a local charity called Bogle Alcoves. Um We do a lot of work with them. We, we care for our, uh, for our key vendors, our key uh, stakeholders. Um, when one of our biggest vendors uh, told us that uh, we were, I think, their most, their most profitable customer in the state or maybe in the country, we were, they were doing very well. And our first reaction, Steve's first reaction was not, well, how about you give us a break on the price? The first reaction was, that's great. Good for you. That's awesome. We want you to do well. We want you to do better because the better you do, the more freedom you have to help us do better for our business. Um, and we, we just we, we thrive on that culture of care. And not the least of which, you have to care for your customers um, because it doesn't matter really what else you're doing. At the, at the end of the day, if the customers aren't coming, you're not going to be in business for long. Um, but we, uh, we try to be very, very transparent. It's part of the business model. It's why we don't negotiate on prices. Um it's why all of that, we no bait and switch the the cars up on our website side of the cars we have in inventory. We don't negotiate the price because it's already marked as low as we can get it. There is no hidden profit. There is no, there's nothing hidden in there. This is what it is. And if you, if, if you're in the market for this vehicle, I'd be surprised if you find it cheaper somewhere else. But if you did, go for it. Um, but come here, give us a chance. And it, it, we just want to be totally transparent and show it to you. And we have, we've been successful with. It's, it's work. I think people appreciate it. So I wanted you to, 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 if you will,
1: guys, paint for us a picture of what it would be like to be a customer. So I, if I go online and I start looking for a car and I do I chat with you guys, do I call you guys, do I come on site, walk us through a little bit about the customer experience, what's going on and how it is that you make sure that you extend that care that we are talking about.
2: So the easy answer to your question is Yes. You can chat with us. You can call us. You can show up. Uh, You can email us. Uh, If you get on the website, it won't take long before a chat window will pop up. Um, We try to do uh, – this is part of our caring for customers. We try to give them a good experience, but we uh, try to get uh, 90% of the deals done before the person, the customer, ever sets foot on the lot. Um, We can talk to you about the vehicles you're interested in. We can – Talk to you about uh, products, about warranty for extended service contracts. We can talk to you about dent products, gap insurance, all these other things. We can arrange your financing for you. Uh, all without you ever having to come in here. We can do this over the phone, over email, so that when you come in, um, you're really just here to test drive the car and make sure it is what you thought it is, and then sign the paperwork. And uh, if, if all goes well, uh, most of the time we are in and out in under an hour. Um, oh my God! So many, that sounds amazing. That's so <laughs> <of> the <parts. laughs> You're going to have one point of contact. Your, your, uh salesman, we call them CEOs, uh, the customer experience officer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to get us on the table every two minutes to go check with his manager <laughs> and see if he can do that for you again because there's no, oh. there is no uh, negotiation. The just across the table. Oh, right. Right. oh my uh, God! God. What that's what it is. And 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 another thing is we you know. Um, we make sure that you get a, a very high-quality vehicle at, at at a great price, um, and you're not going to be raked over the coals to, to to drive the car that you would love to drive. And we're very honest up front about what you should expect. And and when you come in, um, you can test drive any vehicle we have on the lot. Um, it's, it's not pressured. Um, we we it's just it's for you. It's tailored, it's tailored for you to, to be comfortable, and we do everything we can to make it comfortable for you. And awesome. It's kind of part of the, the brand promise. So we're going to give you consistent quality, consistent, consistent high-quality vehicles. Um, we're going to give you the great price, and we are going to give you uh, an easy experience. And those are the brand promises, and it's what we try to live up to every day.
1: Uh, awesome, guys. This has been awesome. I wish we had more time. We're already just... Almost to the close of the hour already. In, say, 15 seconds, each
2: of you, what would you like to leave our listeners with, Ramon? You know, know, we're growing as a company, um, and I would highly encourage everyone to come out and visit us, uh, purchase a car, or join the tribe. Um, uh, You will never find a better place to work or shop um, in Dallas or in the United States, and you will see us. That's awesome. awesome. He, he, he kind of beat me to it. I was going to say, <laughs> come out and uh, uh, meet us if you're looking for a car. Or if you uh, find yourself in a situation similar to where I was, if you don't have a, a, a great feeling or a great meaning in your life right now, maybe think about joining the tribe. We'd love to meet you and see if, uh, if you're a fit here. If you, wanna, if you can live our four core values, um, we would certainly love to meet you. And I, I think what what I tell people when they talk about coming to the tribe is that, I came up, I worked for a big four accounting firm. I worked for a giant international law firm, two industries that are known for having people who are just terribly overworked. You work really, really hard. Um, The difference here is that we work really hard, but it's because uh, we're working hard for one another. Got it.
1: Great way to finish. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, guys, thank you for letting me come to your actual location, be here with you for this conversation, and thank you for weighing in with your passion, your heart, your mind. It's been wonderful to talk with you. Thanks for having us. If you want to learn more about this team of passionate professionals and what they're up to the Driver Select, go to our website. It's driversselect.com, So two S's in the middle there. And join us next week when we continue the conversation to help all of us more meaningfully and productively connect with our work. We'll be talking with Sean Anderson, who is a motivational author, unlimited thinker, and lifelong entrepreneur with a history of inspiring others. He is also the human spark plug behind the Extra Mile Day, a day recognizing the power we have to create positive change when we go the extra mile. We'll be sharing our respective views on what makes for a great life at work and everywhere else. See you then. Remember, work's at least one third of our life, so let's work on purpose.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work